We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all of you fine folks. All of you fine folks on the other end of the speaker. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Thank you for showing up. Happy holidays. I am recording this on December 21st, just a few days out from, uh, I almost said Halloween. Idiot. I do love Halloween. Y'all know this. Christmas. Just a few, day out, a few days out from Christmas if you celebrate. I, giving myself a little me time to open up the podcast, if you'll allow it. If not, you can, you can make a, tri- tri- a quick trip to the concession stand. Get yourself a, you know, a hot dog or a corn dog if you prefer it. You know, some popcorn, some nachos, drink, you know, get your, you know, if you don't want to hear the me time, then you, you go, you get what you need. You come on back. But anyways, I received an early Christmas gift. The last time I was on here, uh, I told you that my newborn baby boy was due to be born via C-section on Tuesday, December 19th, which was two days ago. Well, I can confirm to you via sources that my newborn baby boy was born, but it was not on the 19th. It was two days before on the 17th, which is a Sunday. I got on the, the same day that I recorded the pod and told all you guys, you know, what was coming and when it was coming. Uh, the little man decided to come that night. Uh, later that night, after the Sunday night football game, uh, Katie started having some pretty bad contractions. And if you know anything about pregnancy and you're listening, it's not necessarily how bad the contraction is. It's how frequently they're having. And, and she started having them pretty frequently. And we were like, okay, we are using like an app counting them. The app was saying you should be packing your stuff. If it's not already packed, you should be getting ready to go. And we were like, okay, let's see if it slows down. Maybe it'll get better. 
Uh, and uh, they didn't slow down. And at that point, during this whole time, about two hours worth of contraction, she's doing fine. She's a freaking champion, by the way. We'll get into that some more. Um, the whole time I'm like, all right, I'm packing stuff. Cause I'm like, uh, you know, we, we have no idea if this is happening right now. So I start packing all the things we need. We'd done a lot of the packing already, but I finished it off, topped it off. We're packing, we're packing. And I'm kind of doing all this packing thinking, and you know, just to be safe, just to be safe. And then bam, her water breaks. And I'm like, okay, this is happening right now. Like in this moment. All right. I mean, not, not right then, but so luckily I'd gotten pretty much everything packed by then. All I kind of did was zip the zippers, throw it, threw it all in the, in the, in the car as fast as I could. And then we head to the hospital, called our families, let them know and not, not to visit because the visitor restrictions are pretty, pretty tight these days, but we're just letting them know what's happening. And, uh, you know, we get there, we go to their little, uh, pregnancy triage room. They're getting, you know, we're getting in our gowns, all this stuff. Then the doctor walks in. Uh, the doctor on call because this was, it's not an emergency C-section because it's not like they had to do the C-section that moment or the baby was going to show up um, at the wrong time, stuff like that. It, it, it was, um, I guess you could call it a hasty one. Like they weren't expecting to do it that night, but it wasn't an emergency. Once we got there, they kind of took their time and went through the process. Well, we were there for like half an hour. Katie's contractions are getting worse. Um, you know, it's just more painful. And doctor comes in and it's like, all right, well, you know, we got everything ready to go and you guys will have a baby shortly. And like when he said those words, I was, and I, we, keep in mind, I'm only two days out from the actual scheduled C-section. But like, when you hear those words, I just was like, wow, like this is happening right now. I just, I couldn't believe it. And, and Katie obviously is a champion the whole time. They wheel her out of there. They take her uh, into the operating room. I'm sitting outside of it. Uh, and because then they, and then they came and got me at a certain point and was allowed to come in kind of like for the second half of the surgery. And I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I hear a baby crying and they're like, you know, if you want to stand up and look over the little barrier, you can take some quick pictures. And, and then before I knew it, I've got a, a brand new baby boy in my arms and they're whole, they're putting it next to mom so she can like, you know, see it and touch it. And it's a trip. I couldn't believe it and couldn't believe it. And Robert Newton louder. The sixth was born. Um, Sunday evening at 1144 PM, just before midnight, December 17th, which is nice because eh, I mean, it's kind of inconsequential in the grand scheme of things, but I was like, I'd really like to have this boy before Christmas so that people might still care about his birthday. And it's not after Christmas when families have already gotten together and nobody cares. And so he ended up coming two days early. He beats Christmas by like an entire week. And, you know, that'll be nice for him as, as he grows up. But um, the sixth was born, Robert Newton Ladder the sixth. Uh, he weighed eight pounds, nine and a half ounces. Um, perfectly healthy by all intents and purposes as we work through the process. Um, and uh, my life could not be more changed. Uh, you know, it's it's been crazy. Katie was phenomenal from start to finish. Kept her cool, handled the pain way better than I ever could have. Um, never, I just never really saw her break or break. Like, you know, she just, we got like two hours of sleep the first 24 hours and she just powered through it, you know, and she was breastfeeding and was like, she, like, she just was all about it and, and handled it like a, like just way better than I ever think I'd be able to, you know, it was, it was kind of like just awe-inspiring to witness how how well she did took it all and how 
how fast she took it all in stride. It was, it was awesome. It was something else. You know, I was really proud in that moment. I've told her a million times, but now I'm telling the word, the, the world. Now I'm telling the striking gold fam, uh, just how impressed by her I was. And I was already impressed by her, but this is such a different situation and brings out a completely different person in you. And, you know, for the past, I don't know, 72 hours, we've been staring at this beautiful baby boy and wondering how the hell, you know, this is, this is ours now in the best way. Like just, it's a trip. It's a trip. So he's here. Uh, this I'm recording this podcast on my first day home. I was, I basically told her, I was like, I'm just not going to do the podcast today. I want to, you know, it's our first day back home. We got back to our, our house today and I was like, I'll just, you know, keep doing my thing with you. And she's like, no, go record. It's fine. I got this. And you know, we're in that rotation right now where for the most part he feeds and then gets burped and then hangs out for a little bit and then goes back to sleep for a few hours. And you kind of keep rolling through that for the next, I don't know, week, two weeks, three weeks, whatever it is. But she was just adamant that I come on here and record. So here I am. Thank you, babe. I love you. You did a great job. I'm proud of you. You're an amazing woman. Couldn't be, couldn't be happier to be your husband and uh, call myself the father of, of our child. So, and I'm, I'm saying this knowing she supports the pod. She listens to almost every episode. So she's going to hear this and hopefully she appreciates it, which she will. I just know her, but man, what a, what a, what a week it has been. I still can't believe it. Um, and now I got to get on here and try and talk 49ers Ravens. This won't be hard. It's a very entertaining matchup, but it's just things in my life just drastically changed perspective wise. You know, it's, I'm sure a lot of you guys are parents, you know, this, I'm just speaking to the choir with a lot of you, but you know, and now I'm there Every, and everything I've heard everybody say, you know, now I get to experience that for the first time, including sleep deprivation, which is whatever. That's fine. That's fine. You know, especially now that we're in our own home and we can enjoy it comfortably and yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. So, I mean, one of my first things that I want to do, I already told her this is I got to get my grandpa over to the house. My grandpa's like 85, his lungs are starting to get out on him, give, give out on him. I don't know how much longer we're going to have him, but I wanted to get a picture with, you know, Robert Newton Louder the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth, which is kind of wild. I mean, that's four generations right there. That's, that's pretty cool. But anyways, I, I think I've, I think I've talked enough about me, but, oh, and you know, I posted a picture of him on Twitter and so many of you guys jumped in there just to say kind words. And I appreciate it. Whether you're, whether you're in that post or not, just know that I, I appreciate you. And I read every single freaking one of them. It just, you know, was another positive thing to roll through. So, all right. So now I'm, I'm, I'm pressing forward as a, as a father, not just a husband, you know, and all the other superlatives that I am. Uh, but yeah, so life's different. Life's different. Anyways, enough about me, enough about that. Talking as if, as if, you know, billions of people on earth don't have kids, but Hey, I'm with you now. I'm in it. All right. So it's, uh, it's 49ers versus Ravens, 49ers versus Ravens, you know, and just off the cuff, my random thoughts, like, I'm like, man, these two teams are a lot alike. They're a lot alike in the way they play, the way they win. They both, you know, they both have stingy defenses, they both have potent offenses that can really get after you. They both have quarterbacks that kind of like define the team in, in, in define their unit in a way in different ways. But in, you know, both quarterbacks kind of put their have been putting their stamp on every game and kind of defining the way they win uh, defenses, you know, linebacker play, defensive line play, sacking the quarterback, 
locking down receivers. It's just outside of the Cleveland Browns, you know, this is the best defense the 49ers are going to face. And it's just, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. But I just, I love everything about this game. So it could be a Super Bowl preview, a little bit of a Super Bowl matchup. Not that these two teams, you know, these teams have played each other a few times, I think, since the Super Bowl matchup. But sorry to bring that up. But, man, it's just it, it's a cool game. And, and I can see it going a lot of ways. We're going to talk about it. We'll compare the two teams. We'll get into the statistics. Uh, first things first, as you guys always know, we always start out with injuries just to kind of paint the landscape of the team. Not a very... On, uh, you know, confidence inducing injury report for the 49ers did not practice on Thursday was defensive tackle Eric Armstead foot and knee defensive end Nick Bosa rest day. Don't worry about that one. Linebacker Oren Burks knee tight end Ross Dwelly ankle defensive tackle Javon Hargrave hamstring wide receiver Jawan Jennings concussion running back Elijah Mitchell knee uh, Trent Williams resting. Don't worry. Uh, limited was defensive end Clayland Farrell with an ankle and full participant was Spencer Burford is back and cornerback Diamador Lenore is back. So that's a big positive news right there. Lenore has just really been turning it up. And while some of that has come with some personality that I a hundred percent appreciate already gotten him in trouble a little bit, but I mean, I'll take a player like that before I take a player you, where you wonder where his head's at type of deal. But Lenore has been turning it on. Him being a full participant is is great. Because um, the Ra- the Ravens, we'll get into it. They don't have like any one receiver. I understand that they have Odell Beckham Jr. I'm not really getting too wild about that anymore. Not not I'm not not hating him. Just I think that much of his ah never mind. I'm not even gonna get it. He's 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 solid. He's solid. Uh, Spencer Burford, nice. I wonder if something to just when I see that name, is he going to get? His spot back from backup guard John Feliciano, who has been excellent every time he's replaced him. So interesting thing to watch. Watch there. Uh, Kyle Shanahan was asked, um, "Do you have any sense of uh, the game status of Armstead and Hargrave?" And he goes, "Nope, I don't." And then the next question was, "How's Juwan Jennings moving through the concussion protocol?" He goes, "He's in protocol." And those answers to me. I mean, I don't know if Kyle Shanahan's pissed that he has, you know, he's dealing with, you know, a little bit of an expanded injury report, but they seem very gamesmen to me. Like, I ain't going to give you shit about these players. They're all three. They're playing, but I'm not telling you nothing better playing for them. Sorry. Now, and it could, could not be the case. Maybe one of them plays, maybe all three play, maybe none of them play, but the way he answered those questions, I was like, okay, Kyle, (laughs) all right, man. (laughs) And and that's fine. I'm totally, you know, do what you got to do. I'm all about it use any advantage you can get. But the way he answered them so matter-of-factly without a, a care in the world told, tells me that he's at least knowing that they're all going to play or some of them are going to play or, you know, that's that's just what I took from it. Um, So you've got some, you know, against the, Car- the Cardinals, the 49ers really struggled uh, to contain the run. I mean, they really struggled to contain the run. I've, I forgot to pull up my... NFL Jesus game stats and information site um, just to talk about what is my, my computer's just like searching. Um, anyways, boop, 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 boop. Oh, sorry. I had to make the noise. The 49ers were bad uh, against the run against uh, without their two starting defensive tackles, Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave. Uh, it, it wasn't good. 
Now, yes, the 49ers handled that game. Their offense was absolutely firing on all cylinders, dropping all sorts of points, 40, 45 of them to be exact. But the, the Cardinals averaged 7.8 yards per carry against the 49ers. 234 yards on the ground on 34 carries. It was nuts. Their longest run was 49 yards. They completely steamrolled the 49ers on the ground. Okay, on the ground. Let's let's get that emphasis. Now the 49ers are going against one of the NFL's most stubborn and solid run de- run offenses, including the quarterback. You know, and Kyler Murray is is very similar to Lamar Jackson in not necessarily the way they play football, but just the fact they're very mobile. And Kyler Murray averaged 8.2 yards a carry against the 49ers. Now, again, you're probably listening to this going, Rob, what do we care? They beat the 40 Cardinals 45 to 29. Well, the Cardinals did not have a, a top two or three defense in the NFL. The Ravens do. So you couple and a fashion, and a, a, I can't talk again, not a ton of sleep for, for Rob over the, okay, let's, let's add it up. I'd probably say, over the past three days since Sunday night, I have probably slept 10 hours total in those three days. I think I only got two in the first day. No, maybe a little more. Maybe maybe 15. That's not that bad, though. Two. No, more than that. Probably about, about maybe 10 is accurate. Jeez. 10 to 12? All right, we'll go with that. So if I'm fumbling through my words, I apologize. I explained to you what happened, so you, you should understand. It's a little empathy, but um, so here's what I'm saying right off the bat is Arizona Cardinals have a pretty horrible defense. The 49ers have a pretty stellar offense. The 49ers, despite the Cardinals scoring 29 points, seven of which were in garbage time, it, it's different. Are they going to be able to drop 45 against the Ravens? Well, the only defense that the 49ers have faced this year that anywhere compares to the Ravens was the Browns, and the 49ers look pretty useless. Now, they had injuries. They had significant injuries. They Purdy didn't play great. The weather sucked. They were coming off, you know, some uh, a letdown. You know, it was a letdown game after coming off a massive game against uh, Dallas. So it's, you know, it's, it's weird. It's NFL's weird like that, but... When you're talking about the 49ers giving up so many yards on the ground against the Cardinals and then winning the game because the offense did whatever the hell they want. And where, you know, on the inverse is you you can't allow the Ravens to do the same thing without being able to answer on offense. And are the 49ers going to be on to answer on offense every time? Maybe the offense is that good, but they just don't have that leeway against the Ravens that they had against the Cardinals. And the fact that the Cardinals had so much success on the ground against the 49ers uh, should concern fans, but at the same time, maybe it was like a little alarm clock. Like, hey, 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 you know, can't do this again next week. So it's interesting. You know, the other huge problem the 49ers defense has had uh, is missed tackles. And Steph Sanchez of the 49K podcast put up a great picture. Um, Missed tackles after the bye. Okay, so she, she listed all the missed tackles of every game. In their three-game losing streak, they had 10 missed tackles against Cleveland, nine missed tackles against Minnesota, eight missed tackles against Cincinnati. Those are bad numbers. Uh, I mean, Jacksonville, they had seven missed tackles, but they still went ham. But since or after the bye, 
there's kind of been this this curve where they kind of stayed relatively flat at seven, four, and five, and then F- Philadelphia. 12 missed tackles, Seattle, 15 missed tackles. And Arizona was kind of the culmination of that with those rushing, rushing statistics. And they missed 16 missed tackles against Arizona. They missed that many tackles against the Ravens. They're not only going to give up the same amount of rush yards that they gave against Arizona, but they're going to be giving them up at such a clip that the offense might not be able to keep pace against the Ravens defense. That is 100% down to face the 49ers with all of the stats to back it up. Now, stats don't win you football games, and you know you guys know what I'm saying, but the 49ers just aren't going to have the same luxuries. I already started getting into Ravens. I guess I'll, we'll just keep going on Ravens. I want to say a quick bit about the Rams. I'll just push it to the back. Uh, so you've got 49ers, Ravens. Is it a Super Bowl preview? It very well could be. It's the top two teams in the NFL right now. Both teams are 11-3. and three. It, it really does seem like something special. Now, if you had to pick which two teams were going to end up in the Super Bowl, you know, would you pick the Ravens in the AFC? I don't, I mean, maybe you would. The Chiefs are still in it, you know, and to me, that'll always be kind of like the pick until it's not. Dolphins are still in it. I'm not quite sure that the Ravens are the cream of the AFC crop, despite where they sit on the seedings. Uh, whereas the 49ers seem to have, I mean, everybody else except for the Lions on the standings, they've they've cast aside. You know, the, the two best teams are the Two out of the four best teams, Cowboys and Eagles, they dominated. So it's weird. It's different. It's just a weird matchup. It's an awesome matchup. It should be a great game. But I'm just, I'm I'm wondering, do the Ravens really stack up with the 49ers? Everything on paper says they do. We'll get into it. But that's kind of just where my head is at. This whole thing was supposed to be kind of just where my head is at with this matchup. But I just started rolling through what I planned to talk about. Uh, I mean, what the first again? The first thing I notice, kind of, you know what? Let's get into prize picks. Let's get into prize picks. Let's back it up. Beep beep beep. Let's back it up. Uh, we'll get into prize picks, and then we're going to start breaking down the teams in more detail. That's what I want to do. That's what we're going to do. Let's do it. Um, prize picks. I got a little weird today. I, I kind of jumped on there. I didn't spend a whole lot of time breaking down like every single pick that I could have picked. I saw some that I liked. And I took them. Now, we're going to get into this a little bit. I'll tell you why a little bit later. But for Price Fix, and before I get too far into it, Price Fix is daily fantasy sports. Okay, you, you log on. You pick two to six players. You pick their stat projections, more or less, for every single one of them. Now you've got demons and goblins that can give you like better bets, uh, easier bets for less payout, better bets for bigger payouts. They're pretty interesting. They had a cool little flavor to everything. Uh, you pick between those two to six players, more or less. You watch the winnings roll in. At least you will. I mean, I don't know that I will. Um, Prime Spix has been getting the best of me lately, but hey, we 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 keep on keeping on. Okay, we're gonna turn it around. We're gonna write the ship. Now, the thing I like best is that it's just simple. I got on there and I put in. The, I, I wasn't even in a rush, and I got on the Prime Spix and I put in this entry in like two minutes. You you search what player you want to put entries in for them. You add them. You you plug them in more or less, and boom. You're and now if you're going to do this, if you're going to get on Prize Picks, go to promo. Uh, go to PrizePicks.com/gold. Stumbling all over the place here, guys. Empathy, empathy. PrizePicks.com/gold. Promo code gold. Okay, one more time. PrizePicks.com/gold. Gold promo code gold. I need to like slow down. 
no, again, running on a little bit of sleep, but I'm still, I'm just jacked out of my mind to be uh, in the situation. Now, here's where I'm going. Ravens, not great against running backs through the air per NFL.com. So I'm taking Christian McCaffrey to have more than 31 and a half receiving yards. Okay, I'm also taking Brock Purdy to throw for less than 252 yards. Not sure it's going to be that type of game. Now that's kind of right around Purdy's average in terms of yards per game. So he could very well go over that. If they do go over that, it's an impressive game, I think, for the 49ers because they've again found a way to just make one of the NFL's best defenses look pedestrian. But I, I don't necessarily know it's going to be one of those games. I also went with a demon play for Gus Edwards to score. If he's Gus Edwards scores a touchdown, I win. Okay, Gus Edwards right now in on the ground has scored 11 touchdowns. It's only, I mean, that's that's almost one per game for the Ravens. Almost. So I'm going with that. I think if he's going to get into the end zone, I think the Ravens are going to be able to move the ball against the 49ers to a decent clip. And I think that they're probably going to end up using Gus Edwards to punch one of them in. That's where my head's at. I also picked Justin Tucker to make a demon play, surprisingly, make more than one and a half field goals. So if Justin Tucker makes two field goals, I'm in. So interesting. You know what I want to look at that I hadn't looked at? That? Let me look. And I should have, but I don't think it really would have changed my predictions. Let's get on the weather and let's type in Santa Clara. What is the weather in Santa Clara going to uh, going to be like on Monday night? Oh, great weather. High of 60, low of 41. That's perfect. Okay. So yeah, those are my picks, and uh, I did a I did a four pick flex play, meaning I only have to hit on three of the four. Now, if you hit on three of the four, it doesn't you don't have any huge multipliers. You're essentially when you hit on three or four, you're you're creating insurance for yourself, to, so you don't lose. It's essentially what it is. You're not you're not getting a bunch of money back. But if I hit all four, then I'm I'm I put in a five dollar flex play, and if I hit all four, I'm getting sixty bucks. So. Cool payouts. I like the demon plays. I'm taking advantage of a couple of them that didn't seem like a huge risk. So we'll see where it goes. Price picks. All right, Ravens. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ravens, man. What do I what do I want to talk about with the Ravens? I've got a bunch of notes, but there's something about this matchup that makes me want to just like swing from the cusp, man. Two 11 and three teams. Again, two quarterbacks that both kind of define their offense in a way and their in their own unique ways. Purdy is this hyper efficient, super like looks like the way he plays quarterback in Kyle Shanahan's offense 
was absolutely tailor-made for Kyle Shanahan. Everything's been as close to perfect as you can ask a quarterback to play since Purdy took over. And it doesn't mean it's perfect, but he has just been damn good. And then you've got Lamar Jackson, who has defined his own space in the quarterback landscape, an an MVP winner, and, you know, Purdy might well be on on course for his first. Just, but it defines his offense in his own way, you know, constantly telling John Harbaugh that he wants to go for it on fourth down. You know, rushes is extremely hard to break bring down, breaks ankles, um, is is definitely good enough to to take advantage of defenses through the air and can really make you pay through the ground. It's just both of these quarterbacks, I'm not saying their styles are anywhere near each other, but they both kind of define the offense that they're in, maybe more so than a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, And then you look at the defenses, and they both have very stout defensive lines. They both get a lot of sacks. The Ravens get the most in the NFL. Uh, they both have outstanding linebacker cores. They both have solid secondaries with decent safety and corner play. It's just up and down, these two teams are so similar to each other. Now, the one area in which I feel like the 49ers have a one of the notes I put on here was, is this the first game where the 49ers don't have a glaring advantage? And when I go through like the statistical comparisons between these two teams, you'll see like it bounces back and forth like 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 a, a, a Rocky match. But I, and I was thinking as I went through these and I wanted to say this before so you can kind of keep it in mind as I read through them. You know, this is one of the I've I've kind of. They don't paint the whole picture, but I've really liked doing these statistical comparisons where you bounce back and forth between all these statistics on offense and defense and just see where the two teams stack up against each other. And as I read through these, you'll notice that so many of them are so close together. And so I put on here, like, is this the first game where the 49ers don't have just like a glaring advantage somewhere? And on my conclusion basically was like on paper, yes, this is probably the closest matchup. I have ever seen when it comes to to statistical comparisons, but talent wise, talent wise, it just really sheds another light on just how special the 49ers are in terms of personnel. Now, can they be beat? Of course they can. We've seen it. 49ers shot the bed three times in a row and scored 17 points in all three and got diced up by Kirk cousins. Um, you know, Joe Burrow, which is, you know, Joe Burrow's Joe Burrow. PJ Walker, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not that the 49ers can't be beat. It's just that the talent on that team is just seems insurmountable. I'm not saying it is, but I mean, if you look at the if you look at the Ravens on offense and you're looking at the names involved, you got Lamar Jackson that obviously sits up on a pedestal as as the beacon of the Ravens scoring, but you know, then you've got Gus Edwards, and then their third leading rusher is Keaton Mitchell, who they just lost for a season. Keaton Mitchell, by the way, was a, a, I think he's a rookie. He was averaging 8.4 yards a carry. He had 400 yards and, uh, and a couple touchdowns to his name. Behind him, you've got Justice Hall. And then receiving, you've got Zay Flowers, who's a young receiver making a big name for himself. Mark Andrews, who I believe is Mark Andrews still out for the season. I want to say he is Odell Beckham Jr., who we all know. But again, I mean, can Odell Beckham Jr. still have a game? Sure, but uh, you know, Nelson Aguilar, Rashad Bateman, 
the the talent discrepancy, talent. I'm not talking about numbers produced on a paper. Seems vast. I mean, you've got the 49ers have got Brandon in the air catching passes. 49ers have got Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, uh, Christian McCaffrey. Whereas, you know, you can't compare that to Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham Jr., Nelson Aguilar, and Rashad Bateman. You know, those are the Isaiah Likely backup tight end coming in and and starting to make a name for himself, a little bit of a name for himself in replacement of Mark Andrews. But the talent the 49ers have, the names on paper just far outweigh anything the Ravens are putting out there. But the Ravens are still getting it done, and there's something to be said about the way they're coached, about the way they play football, about the you know the physicality and the stubbornness. And the 49ers could very well be slamming themselves up against a wall that is going to feel a lot like it felt in Cleveland. Now, this is different. They're facing them at Levi Stadium. Um, on Christmas Day, the Ravens have got to spend basically Christmas Eve or the day before Christmas Eve traveling all the way across country to Levi's. Things could be different, you know, but, you know, on paper, these two teams are closely matched. But talent-wise, on both sides of the ball, the 49ers really just have so much more to bring to bear. Sorry, I could hear uh, uh, my wife's uh, sister leaving, who was here kind of just helping. She, she's a absolute baby-having veteran, and she's been here having just helping Katie out with the the ins and outs. So, I mean, anyways, the 49ers absolutely have the advantage when it comes to talent. Can they apply that consistently? They They certainly have been, but that's, to me, is the only place where the 49ers have a super clear advantage. Everything else is so tight. Let's go all the way to the top, start our stat comparisons. We're starting on offense. And, and again, as I start to work through this, you're going to see like, geez, this really is something else. Total points. So we're on offense, total total points scored. Ravens fourth, 49ers third. Points per game, Ravens fourth, 49ers third. Total yards, Ravens fifth, 49ers second. Yards per game, Ravens fifth, 49ers second. Um, third down percentages, Ravens are eighth, 49ers are fourth. Red zone touchdown percentages, Ravens 10th, 49ers first. A little bit of a discrepancy there. Um, percentage of pass plays. Ravens 32nd, 49ers 31st. Big plays a game. Ravens fourth, 49ers first. Like there was some discrepancies discrepancies in there. The 49ers are best and they're better in the red zone. But almost every single one of those statistics is separated by like two or three slots. Passing, passing yards per game. Here's a massive one. One of the only ones that exists on this thing is passing yards a game. The Ravens are 21st in the NFL. The 49ers are third. Yards per attempt, Ravens 4, 49ers 1st. Completion percentage, Ravens 10th, 49ers 2nd. Passing touchdowns, Ravens 1st, 49ers 20th. I feel like I have that backwards. I think it's the opposite. I think the Ravens are 20th and the 49ers are 1st. Passer rating, Ravens 7th, 49ers 1st. First down percentages, Ravens 9th, 49ers 1st. So there's your... Here's the only real discrepancy right there. The only significant discrepancy is when you start looking at the ins and outs of the 49ers offense, some of the uh, just slightly more detailed statistics. These are all pretty surface level stuff. I could get into DVOA. I can get into success percentages and all that stuff. This is kind of more, you know, it's kind of more meant to be like a, a snapshot, but like passing touchdowns, the 49ers are obviously far more potent on 
through the air than the Ravens are. But that doesn't bother them. They have the NFL's best rushing offense. And Lamar Jackson doesn't care if he has to beat you on the ground. So passing-wise, the 49ers have an advantage. Rush, rush yards per game, Ravens first, 49ers third. Percentage of rush plays a game, Ravens first, 49ers second. Yards per game rushing, Ravens second, 49ers fifth. Rushing touchdowns, 49ers third, Ravens second. 20-plus yards gains on the ground, Ravens first, 49ers eighth. First down percentage on the ground, fourth, Ravens are fourth, 49ers are second. So, I mean, like, yeah, you've got some some advantages in the pass game, the 49ers do. But, I mean, this is such a tight matchup. And once we get into the defenses, you're going to see things are also tight. It's just, it's cool to read something like this and see just how closely matched these two def- defenses are. Or these two, these not just defenses, these two teams are. These two teams are. It's it's really quite awesome. You know, it's it really speaks to the quality of both the teams. Then you start to peek over at the defensive side of things. So remember, this is these are defensive rankings. Points per game allowed. Ravens first, 49ers second. There we go. We're starting off with the same type of stuff. Yards per game allowed. Ravens second. Uh 49ers ninth. Passing yards per game allowed. Ravens sixth. 49ers 15th. Not a great stat for the 49ers. Passer rating allowed, Ravens third, 49ers fourth. Yards per attempt, Ravens first, 49ers sixth. Sacks, Ravens first, 49ers seventh. That's 50 versus 43 sacks. QB hits, Ravens third, 49ers second, 101 versus 109. Interceptions, 15th for the Ravens, first for the 49ers. Defensive rushing statistics, yards per carry. Ravens 18th, 49ers 19th. Rushing yards a game. Ravens 10th, 49ers 3rd. Rushing, um, okay, now I added this stat on there. The Ravens allow 97.9 passer rating allowed to running backs. It's 24th in the NFL. That is why I have my Christian McCaffrey statistic on there. So, I mean, there's so many of these statistics are back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, again, is the talent gap that way? Not, not really. Not really. Is the talent gap what is what defines the game? I mean, you are what you are. The 49ers are talented, but in terms of all of these statistics, you can see just how closely matched these two teams are. The Ravens just played the Jaguars and beat them to a similar tune that the 49ers did, 23-7. In that matchup, the Ravens ran the ball 42 times for 251 yards. That's six yards a carry. Lamar Jackson had 12 carries for 97 yards. They are just fine pounding you into dust on the ground. And after the 49ers' performance against the Cardinals, they are going to need something wholly different against the Jaguars or they are going to get carved up on the ground in their own house. Forty ers on the other hand, are going to be going up against a defense that's pretty good at stopping pretty much everything. So you're looking at that, and you're like, man, this game really might be a back and forth. It could be low scoring. Or the 49ers come out and do the same shift they've been doing to every other good team. When they're healthy, they dominate. Now, again, going back to Kyle Shanahan's comments, is Eric Armstead going to be out there? Is uh, Javon Hargrave going to be out there? 
Those are big, big, giant pieces of that defense that really opened them up to the success the Cardinals had on the ground. Are they going to be out there? Are they going to be healthy? You know, this game is is just another one of those defining markers for the 49ers that it's one more hurdle that they need to cross. I'm way past the Brock Purdy. If Brock Purdy can beat the Ravens, then he's for real. Yeah, I'm way past that. I think Brock Purdy's for real. Now we're trying to define, like, how real. The shit, I mean, I don't know, I'm going off on a tangent a little bit here, but now I'm seeing people on Twitter trying to quantify how much better Kurt Warner is than Brock Purdy or, you know, because someone out there compared their story and now they feel like they need to find ways in which Kurt Warner was better than Brock Purdy. Do y'all realize you're, you're talking about, I'm not talking to you guys specifically. I know the striking gold fam knows what the hell's going on, but some of these dudes out there and the conversations they choose to engage in and the way they choose to engage in it. It's like, you guys realize that you're talking about a second year player who just made started enough games to be considered a, a full-time, you know, a starter with a full season under his belt. That was a, a, the last pick of the draft undervalued in any way, shape and form. It's like, some of the people have been so hell-bent on finding something Brock Purdy's not good at that they've completely lost sight of the fact that we're having legitimate discussions about uh, Mr. Irrelevant, who hasn't even, before Brock Purdy, hadn't even completed a pass in the NFL, is now the odds-on favorite to be the MVP. Like, you, some of these guys have really lost the forest for the trees, and you're like, man, how do you even have fun doing this? It's so weird. It's so weird, but it's another massive matchup for the 49ers. And here's where it comes down to is since we last talked while I was in the hospital, the Eagles lost to the Seahawks. Shout out to the Seahawks. You guys were rooting for the Seahawks. Don't fucking tell me you weren't. I don't care about rivalries. Y'all were rooting for the Seahawks, just like you were rooting for the Cowboys to beat the Eagles. And both of them have won, and they have provided the 49ers with a little bit of cushion in the divisional standings. The 49ers sit atop at 11-3. and The Cowboys right below them at 10-4, and and so are the Eagles and the Lions at 10-4. and But the 49ers have a tiebreaker against both the Cowboys and the Eagles. So if they drop a game and they're tied with the Eagles or the Cowboys, they will automatically hold the tiebreaker um, in head-to-head matchups. They will also hold the tiebreaker in conference record. The Eagles in conference are 6-3. and three, The Cowboys in conference are 7-3. and three. So the 49ers also have that going for them. So now they're at a point where if they win the next three games, they are the number one seed in the NFL. They start the playoffs with a bye, and every game played after that that they are participating in will be at Levi Stadium. The advantage is absolutely enormous. Cannot be understated. So, you know, the 49ers have a lot to play for. So do the Ravens. They're trying to maintain their one-game lead on the Dolphins. You know, it's just, there's just so much riding on this matchup. And what's crazier for the 49ers is, you know, they've got the Commanders next week, or excuse me, after this game, and then they've got the Rams after that. I think the Rams, I I mean, I haven't dove into statistically kind of how the two teams compare, but I think the Rams are a problem. Does anybody else feel like this? Like, I'm watching the way they're playing right now and how Matt Stafford's playing, and I'm like, 
the Rams are the problem that nobody else is talking about, you know, and I don't, maybe I'm overvaluing it. The 49ers have fairly consistently as of late had the Rams numbers. The Rams have that one win over the 49ers that mattered though. But I mean, I'm just seeing a Rams team that looks good. That looks good to me, you know? So the 49ers, uh, let me see if I can pull up a play. I want to see right now who the 49ers are slated to face. NFL boop, 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 playoff picture. Here we go. Let's see. Okay, so the 49ers would have a first round buy. See, I, I, I've said this to you guys before. I want a website that puts it in like a bracket. Show me who would be facing who. All right, so the the Rams are currently the sixth seed. They would be facing the Lions at Lions to open up the playoffs if if everything stayed as it is now. And, I mean, I would like the Rams' chances against the Lions. You know, I I really would. I just, I think they're better than, and they're getting, they're eight and seven. They're not bad. They had a weird start to the season, but, I mean, what's their schedule? How it, It seems like they've just kind of turned it up. Kind of turn it up. Let's see. Let's see. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just you know, okay, here it is. The Rams have won. One, two, three, four, five, six. They've won five of their last six games. They've beaten the Seahawks. They, they beat the Browns. They've beaten the Seahawks. They've beaten Arizona. They lost in overtime against Baltimore. They've beaten Washington and they just beat New Orleans. So they're hot and they're heating up and they were bad before that, especially they lost three in a row to Pittsburgh, Dallas and Green Bay. Uh, but then since then, they have won five of their last six. And the only one they lost to was the Ravens in overtime. So I'm looking at the Rams as a legitimate threat now. And maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Maybe I'm just kind of projecting based on what's happened in the past with the 49ers. But I watched Matthew Stafford play a beautiful brand of football, make some of those freak freak throws you just never expect him to make i mean against the ravens stafford threw for uh 294 yards three touchdowns no interceptions that's a solid game for him against the ravens you know so i'm looking at that i think the rams are for real uh it's weird but i think the rams are for real and the 49ers, the 49ers uh, you know, and here's kind of, it all stands off the Rams, but the 49ers can't face the Ravens thinking they have the leeway to lose to the Ravens because I think the Rams are are waiting to close out the season against the 49ers. Yeah, it's at Levi Stadium. We don't know if it's on a Saturday or Sunday. Who cares? But, I mean, this Rams team, they, they're just in a perfect position to, to spoil some shit for the 49ers. Will the Rams be playing? to get into the playoffs or will they be playing to keep that spot in the playoffs? Will the 49ers, uh, you know, you know, you're looking at another NFC win when conference wins are a significant tiebreaker. It's the second tiebreaker behind head to head. I believe do the, are the 49ers going to have the luxury of resting players in that game? The last game of the season against the Rams. Do they want to open themselves up to possibly some, some football rust when they rest players against the Rams and they get a, a bye week, you know, there's some guys on that team that wouldn't have played football for two weeks. Sort of three, maybe. And and if you rest players, are you are you ushering the Rams into the playoffs? You know, there's a lot of questions. I know I've kind of seamlessly transitioned over to the, the Rams, but I think the Rams are going to be a problem. I think they're going to be a better, I think they're a better team than a lot of people are giving them credit. 
And I think the Rams being solid turn up the heat on the 49ers a little bit in this Ravens matchup because if the 49ers drop this one to the Ravens, they're still okay. They're still number one seed in the NF in the NFC. But then they know they've got to beat the Commanders and the Rams and the Commanders. You know, I think I think I'd probably bet the 49ers take that one under pretty much any condition. But those Rams are going to be chilling there at the end of the season, wondering what they can spoil for the 49ers. And again, are they going to be competing to get into the playoffs? It's weird. It's weird. None of this is none of this is a shoe in for the 49ers. I know everybody's excited that they have that, you know, one and a however you want to word it, one and a half game lead, one at one game lead in the tiebreaker over the the better teams, but they don't have the tiebreaker over well, they do have the tiebreaker over Detroit. And they do have a one game lead over Detroit too. So they have tiebreaker, conference tiebreakers versus Detroit, head to head end conference tiebreakers against Dallas and Philly. So, anyways. The 49ers can afford to drop a game, but then they're going to drop a game knowing the Rams are waiting in week, uh, what is it, 18? And uh, to me, there's just something about that team right now. I'm telling you, it's weird. It's weird. There's just something about that team, and I could be horribly wrong, and they could not make the playoffs, and they could, uh, if they do make the playoffs, just get bounced in the first round significantly. But I don't know, man. Something about them. I can't quantify it, but I'm talking to you about it. 49ers are in an interesting spot. They control their own destiny. But 11-3 Ravens team that's as wired shut as it can be away. And a Rams team that's just won five out of the last six. And past Cooper Cup. Pakua Nakua. Pakua. No, there's zero chance. I just said that right. Zero chance. Let me go to the Rams roster. Matthew Stafford is, I've always felt like he's one of the... I mean, I I want to say better quarterbacks in the NFL, at least at any moment, has the, the capacity to play as one of the best in the NFL. Let me find it here. Let me find it. Let me correct my embarrassing mispronunciation. Puka Nakua. What, isn't that what I said? Maybe I did get it right. Him and Cooper Cup just seemed like an awesome duo. Demarcus Robinson had a pretty huge game against the Saints tonight as well, so... Uh, I just like what the Rams are doing. I'm, I, I can't. I, I'll get there. I'll get there. We'll talk about it. Let's just hope that the 49ers aren't in a must-win situation week 18 against the Rams, where if they lose to the Rams, they lose playoff seating, and the Rams get in. You know that would be a, a rough situation for the 49ers to be in. Are the 49ers the better team? Absolutely. But you know, it's just seems weird. Seems weird. Any more Ravens statistics? I want man. Ravens are averaging five yards a carry on the ground. That's nice. How do the 49ers compare to that? 49ers are averaging 5.7 yards a carry on the ground. Ravens averaging five. The Ravens just have this bevy of, of, of rushers that are just, you know, Justin Hill, Gus Edwards, and Lamar Jackson. They lost Keaton Mitchell, but between the four of them, it was like almost 2,000 yards and like seven yards a carry between them. It's a pretty impressive little group. You can see kind of the star power, though. You know, the 49ers through the air. Brandon Ayuk has already hit 1,000 yards. Uh, George Kittle is very likely to hit 1,000 yards before the end of the season. Uh, Debo Samuel might hit 1,000 yards before the end of the season. That's just receiving yards. You know, and you're looking at all-purpose yards. Debo Samuel's probably right around the corner. You got Christian McCaffrey, who's approaching 2,000 all-purpose yards. The 49ers just have this 
Ah, man, what a talented football team. Super Bowl or bust for the old Niners. Super Bowl or bust. At this point, I'm kind of just rambling on. Hopefully, you're enjoying listening to it. Kind of just thinking about all this with me. Um, but the 49ers have a, have a chance to write a pretty special story here. And kind of, they've set the stage for the run. You know, they, they essentially, if they really want to guarantee what happens from here on out, um, there's a solid chance that we don't see the 49ers lose another football game for the rest of the year. And I understand that that's like, Rob, don't say that shit, man. You're jinxing it. I get it. But um, 49ers don't care that I just said that. I promise. It's uh, They're in a unique position. It's going to be interesting to see how they carry themselves from here on out. But, you know, their, their number one priority and their next order of business has to be securing that first round bye. Because they secure that first round bye and home field advantage in the playoffs. And the Super Bowl is only a short trip down the road. To Las Vegas, it's um, it, it can get interesting for this team. It's, it's cool. It's cool to talk about. Cool to talk about. You know, I, I I try not to take take for granted the fact that you know I'm getting to quarterback a podcast about one of, if not the best team in the NFL right now, and you know it just doesn't happen very often. You know, we the 49ers fans need no reminding of 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 sucking and fielding horrible teams, you know, imagine recording this or uh, quarterbacking this podcast during the Jim Tom Sula, Chip, Chip Kelly days. You know, I was not doing that at the time. So that would be gross. All right, everybody. I am going to, uh, to get off of here and get back to my, my wife and newborn baby. Uh, again, I appreciate all the kind comments on the internet. Um, hopefully I, I don't find a way to annoy you, you all with any more baby pictures. I think the, the five, I think I posted, it's gotta be enough. They'll pop up every now and then. Um, but I appreciate you guys for listening. I hope you found this podcast still listenable. You know, I'm a little more scatterbrained, a little sleep deprived, a little more, r- not rushed, but, you know, just harder to focus than it usually is. And so hopefully it was still still digestible. Um, and if you're at this point, I appreciate you. You're a true believer. Uh, see if you know what Christmas movies that's from. It's new, but it's not common. Uh, appreciate you guys. If you want to follow me on Twitter at Rob underscore louder, L-O-W-D-E-R, get on wherever you listen to your podcast. If you're feeling like giving a little extra support, striking gold, leave us a five-star review. Uh, Put some words of encouragement in there if you'd like to. But anyways, y'all already know what it is for another episode. I'm Rob. Well, you know, I guess the next time I'm going to talk to you guys will be, next time you hear from me will be after Christmas. You know, it'll be after the Monday Night Football game. So, Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, Merry Christmas Eve, all that good stuff. If you celebrate, Merry Christmas. I appreciate you. If you don't, happy holidays, happy time of year, you know, whatever you want to go with. Appreciate you guys. Thank you very much for another episode. I'm Rob. This is Strike Gold. We're signing out. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.